Hello, Paul here and welcome to the podcast, the most intelligent selection podcast. We're here on the beautiful Gold Coast, Australia. So for the next 30 minutes or so, I'll be your little ray of sunshine. I'll be chatting with a variety of fascinating individuals from small business owners to coaches and everything in between. We'll be diving deep into their personal journeys, the challenges they've faced and the strategies they've used to overcome them. We'll also be getting a first-hand look at their success stories, discovering the key factors that help them achieve their goals and unlock their full potential. Hello and welcome to episode 72, the most intelligent selection podcast. Today with Kel Green. Now I reckon, Kel, you might be back on because I started listening to Michael Singer, who is a yoga teacher. You know who he is. Oh, I know we both read The Untethered Soul. That's our... Yeah. Oh, d- uh, tell a lie. I only listened to some of his podcast episodes. Oh, uh, okay. Which was along those lines, all about that. Mm. Uh, mainly about letting go. Yeah. Fundamentally, let go. And that did change a lot of how I thought about things. I was listening to a guy who comes from a similar idea, but he's very dark and very angry. Mm. And I ended up doing exactly what he says don't do, parroting his ideas, thinking I was clever. Um, Oh, so you were holding on. Which universally I am, obviously. But I didn't quite, it didn't really tickle me as much as it should. Okay. Is very no nonsense, but a little bit, I don't know. It wasn't for me. And Michael Singer seemed to be for me. It seems I've changed a little bit. Grown, you might say. Grown, yes. Letting go is something we can constantly learn from. And there are different layers of doing letting go. Yeah, I'm sure there are. Mm. So we're having a chat just beforehand thinking, yeah. how, who's the audience? Who's listening? Well, I don't know. My mum's listening. Hi, mum. And then people you know are listening. And how do we talk about yoga? Because I think most people would think that it's Lululemon pants and a bit of stretching for half an hour on a yoga mat, maybe in a hot room, and some, I don't know, dinging of bells. Yeah, and some nice stretching. Some nice stretching, and it's great for your body and your Instagram page. Now, that's the cynicism. Yeah. Over, I suppose. And so, can you touch your toes? Can you? T- I can actually. It's one of my skills. I'm very flexible, but I don't do yoga. So, how do we go about? I suppose having that conversation and seeing if we can get to the the evolution stage. Because you said mm. it's yo- yoga means unite. Yeah, right? yo- yoga means unite, and we were talking about this before. It's with yourself, your real self. But for most people, we don't actually know what that is. No. No, who, who am I? You ask, who am I? I'm Paul. Yeah. Okay. But really, what's on the pathway between that and connecting with your real self is understanding your mind and your body. Okay. Know, and being able to use those to know more about who you really are. So if somebody comes to you and says, I heard that yoga means unity and mm. on the path I need to learn about who I am, what? Well, does that mean then? Please help me understand how I ask that question. Okay, so the first step is to actually build a relationship with your body because as soon as you check in, believe it or not, with how you're feeling in your body, you are already beginning the inward journey. So yoga is a means or a science by which we begin to look within ourselves and the most gross or the easiest starting point Mm. is our body. And how do we begin to explore that? 
We use the breath, feeling the breath. Okay, I was going to ask how I do that. You said notice. You didn't say notice your body. I'm going to paraphrase. Mm. And then the breath. Go on then. What would be the first step that I might take to get this relationship with my body? Well, you it said can start focus out, on like your you breath. Said, it could actually start out with the postures and shapes. And okay. if you like some Lululemon as oh, well. Oh, yeah, beautiful. It's lovely stuff. I'm not knocking it. And stretch, just stretching and feeling yourself in the body, feeling the discomfort, feeling the ease. Okay, so some discomfort comes up. Yeah. You say stretch and do the poses, which obviously have great benefit. Mm. What would be some poses and some breath work that you suggest I do or a person listening does to enhance or even just to begin that relationship with themselves? There's two ways to answer that. First is if we did it individually, everyone's different. Everyone's mind is knitted in a different way, the way we use our mind, the thoughts, words and actions, and our intellect, our ego, our desires and the way we think. And our body is different. So there could be an individual kind of way of looking at it. Generally speaking, I would just start with some really easy postures (coughs) where you're just breathing and feeling. And traditionally you would start with doing some standing, some balancing, Okay. Some forward bends, yep. that sort of thing, and twists, and then coming down onto the floor, maybe a gentle back bend and another forward bend. Okay. That sort of thing. And when I'm breathing, is there any particular time I should be breathing in and out and holding it or just oh, okay. or focus on the breath? Just well, bring my <laughs> attention to it because my, my attention is everywhere, right? Attention, hopefully you're focusing on your breath with the mind. So that starts to bring what's called a one-pointed mind, which is what you Mm. need in order to be really good at seeing what's real and what's not real in yourself, right? So the science of breath is like a whole philosophy Mm. in itself. Generally just breathing and feeling, moving in and out of the postures. And for those of you who are doing shapes, like you would generally exhale on your expansion and inhale on your contraction or exhale as you open into a posture and inhale as you move out of a posture. But they're just general general guidelines. Mm. There's a whole lot of different ways to breathe because both the inhale and the exhale, the retention inhale and the exhale without holding the exhale out, both have different effects mm. on the way our mind is. Can you tell me what they might be? Okay, so when you hold the breath in, it's very energizing. So you're building energy, you're building prana. So that makes you a lot more active. And if you want to go out and do something, it's really good sort of to do an inhale, hold it, energize your body for action out in the world. If you hold your exhale out, it takes you more inward in relationship with yourself. Okay. What would be, for the beginner, somebody says, oh, this sounds good, Mm. yeah, I I like that. Let's go the next step from the, just the stretching and whatever it would be. Well, I would work with a little more awareness of the breath, (laughs) even inhale and even exhale. And what that does is promote balance in relationship with what you're doing. So an even inhale and exhale balances your mind with your body And if you want to even take it further than that, two streams of air moving through the nose and out, balancing, because we tend to breathe through one nostril or the other, depending on the time of day. Yeah, that's right. I think I've done that for as long as I can remember. 
having one, and maybe that's everybody. Yeah. But I think mine seems to be a blocked nose most of the time. (laughs) Again, like why even do yoga? Why even do the postures? It's to start to be able to build a relationship with ourselves and address the mind and what's going on in our mind. Mm, That noisy little bugger. Okay. So we've started with some postures and focusing on the one point which is still a distraction. But using the breath as the focus point. Sure. Instead of having an untold number of things that we could be distracted by, we're now just distracted by the one thing, right? And we're focused on the breath and that's giving us time to calm down, hopefully, the body and the mind. Yeah, and even in smooth breath would be the intention. Yeah. And then I last for not long and thoughts come in, what do you say to somebody? I would imagine most people doing this, sit down and think, I'm, I'm it's quiet. I'm going to focus on my breath and then in comes telephone bill and boyfriend problems and whatever it might be. Yeah, it becomes like a Jackson Pollock painting. (laughs) (laughs) Which are beautiful. (laughs) I could focus on those. What's your advice to the person doing that then? Look, that happens to me. It still happens. Mm. I was doing a meditation today. But it's more what you choose to pay attention to. Mm. It's not about stopping the thoughts. It's about allowing them to move through your awareness and being able to place your attention on those thoughts that serve you and those thoughts that don't, which is, again, understanding your mind Mm. and how do we understand the mind we were just talking about is to get out of the mind. So go on then. You've told me this a few times (laughs) when we've met. Get out. What do you mean then by get out of your mind? So I'm focusing on breath. I'm in my mind. I want to get out of it. How do I get out of my mind? Okay, so the first thing we need to do is look at what is the mind. Mm, Because to get out of it, what is it we're getting out of, right? Yeah, sure. It could be like an escape room. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) It's not the brain. It's not the physical brain. It's our mind is, it's made up of our ego, which is our sense of who we are. I think we've talked about this before. Our thoughts and desires, our five senses, taste, touch, hear, smell, see, feel, and our intellect. But I don't necessarily mean the content of the intellect, Mm. an intellectual study person. And then behind all of that is, if you're willing to consider it, another part of ourselves, which is made up of energy, soul, spirit, that sits behind the intellect. We call it the buddhai in the yoga model. So our mind is made up of all of these things and within those things we can get stuck. We can think where, for example, our thoughts. Yep, of course we are. Are we the thought that we're thinking? But if we can Mm. choose the thought, then how can we be the thought, for example? It's a big old rabbit hole. Yeah, we could go down the whole rabbit hole here. So really understanding what I've just discussed in brief is part of the journey of yoga and that's what it offers. We have postures, we have breathing, we have meditations and through practising that in a very organised way because yoga is a science, we come to realise who we really are and it's called self-realisation and that is union with our true self. Yeah. So how do we get out of the mind, right? I don't know. It's (laughs) mind-blowing. Aren't you on a roll, aren't you? That holiday did you well. Go on then. So So what would be the path? Okay, so the first – the philosophy says the first thing we can do is we can start to be a seeker 
of the truth mm. in ourselves and to start to look within and to be open to increasing our awareness or consciousness. And you're going to have the third one, which is non-attachment, to practice what we call dispassion. Why am I going to like that one? Why do I like that Because I know one? we were talking about that earlier. <laughs> and so just those three, three things alone will take us on the path of living in a meditative way, living in a very active way. Mm. So that's stage one. And that's the first thing we can do. And then the next step is we can take up a practice of meditation where we focus on the breath. And that's just one example. There are other ways. But breath is a really easy, good starting point, particularly just below the bridge of the nose if we're getting technical. Yeah, sure. I think this letting go thing could be very helpful. And maybe we explore that a little bit because so much pain and suffering comes from our attachments of mind. In fact, just before I walked in the door here, I was working with something in myself. Mm. But because I've done my inner work in the way that I approach things, I look the same on the outside, but I've been doing this for so long, is I can go, oh, that's why I'm feeling like this. I'm just going to sit with that for a little bit and allow that and then I'll come back to it later. Mm. And then wait, just wait, just work through it in myself before I choose and being very aware, choose to express, take action, whatever that might be. And But usually it's when I've let go that I do yeah. that. Yeah, so when I you wait for that. tell somebody to let go, tell, mm. demand people let go. When you advise that people let go, and mm. okay, probably a lot of people have heard that, right? They're mm. interested in this. Imagine it's a stream and don't let it bother you and all this. Oh, I know, yeah. No, but they, that's what they're told, right? When it's yeah. hard or people come and they think, I've got these problems and mm. I've been told to let them go. Most of the time, we haven't been taught how to do that. And these things are very big. Mm. Oftentimes, the problems that people have in their lives are very challenging. So <coughs> I found it beneficial to practice on the small stuff. Like the car in front of me driving too slow. I used to get very angry about it. What an idiot. But that might come up and let it go. Okay. Or you have to wait. There's a rude person in the coffee shop. Why are they so rude and judging them? You said the key go. thing here, which is with letting go, there has to be a practice. In fact, the two go yeah. together. And we have a term we call abhyasandragya. So it's having a practice and using letting go with that. Okay, because unless we're willing to understand what it is that we've been attached to, to explore what it is we're trying to let go of and how we're experiencing our reaction, then it makes letting go very difficult. And in fact, just saying I'm going to let that go and not even care about it isn't the real practice of letting go. <laughs> no. It's like a denial of our feelings. So that's why if we're going to do letting go, we need to also have some sort of awareness practice around what's going on with this attachment of our mind that's been happening and where does that come from? So where can I start as a lay person if I was? Yeah, well, probably sounds am. good. And I must admit, I stole it from Michael Singer. Okay, so, so let's say... Borrowed. Let's do this as a practice. So let's say you're driving and that person cuts in front of you. What's your reaction? Now, it's not much. It might be, but very quickly I can let go, as you say. But it used to be... <coughs> swearing and mm. carrying on like an absolute dickhead. But what was your thought behind that swearing and carrying on? 
What was that person doing to you specifically? No, they were doing nothing to me. Were they? I don't know what they were doing. They were late for work or... No, well, but there must be a reason that you have this anger reaction. Yeah, but then I had to look at... I don't know. At the time, mm. what it would be, they're going to make me late. Okay. For example... So not feeling in control? Yeah, That's what course. that would mean, sure. right? Something like that. So that what you've just shared right now is your process is going, okay, I don't... It's understanding I'm angry. Hey, they're going to make me late hey, I'm not in control of what's happening and that person is causing me problems. So step back and go, I'm causing me problems, I'm not in control. Sure. And then sitting with that and exploring that and there may be other things beyond just not feeling in control but Mm. that opens as you ask questions of yourself. So just simply working with little things, yes, that's great. And that then can go on to bigger and and bigger things, of course, and I, I really like to, and it happens a lot on the road, but wh- who am I to control it? The world must be how many billions of years old, mm. and everything has conspired. It's going to happen whether I'm there or not, right? <laughs> the car's going to go there, things are going to happen, and instead I look at the world, and it sounds a bit weird now to people listening maybe, in wonder that everything around me is there. If you take it, if you take it up to a wider perspective, there's two things. One is we are not in control of anything. No. We think that we can plan and make things happen, but everything in the external world is temporary. So if we hold on to that, we're going to be in pain because we're attached. So first thing is surrender to the fact we're not in control. What we do have choice on is our state of mind and how we respond or react to those changes, which is where yoga is one way to use it to understand who you are and free yourself, get out of the mind, and instead become the master of it. I agree, (laughs) 100%. And I like the idea that it is a practice. Didn't used to. And I think maybe other people would be similar. I want it now. I want to go to the yoga class and get some benefit. But even you, who have been doing this for a very long time, you still practice it i think a lot of people might think that if they do yoga or they do these things they let go how many times do i have to let go before i don't have to let go again well things are going to happen in your life that do bring up negative emotions right and somebody you love dies you're not going to feel good about it are you Get no, from, but like, you dance might make around. a different choice about how you handle of it of course how you respond but you acknowledge that feeling of yep. sadness, obviously it's a sad thing to happen. Actually, the emotional reactions, the emotions beyond letting go is also acknowledging our emotions, right? And it's our emotional body that gives us access to a higher knowledge. The highest knowledge in the yoga philosophy is our intuition. Mm. How do you access the intuition? You have to be aware of your emotional body. When you're no longer identified with fear, sadness, anger, there's a gap there. There's a part of ourselves that we can access, this higher self, this true self that guides us. And somebody's going to ask, how, I will ask, yeah. how do we get there? Because they're like, oh, I, want to, I want to get there. Yeah, it's exactly by doing what we're talking about. I knew you were going to say <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, Kel. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it is a practice. And remember, we've <clears> been <throat> operating however long we've been on the planet, just thinking about my son, he's 21. He's been doing his program for 21 years. Mm. however old we are is how long we've been doing the program until not right Mm. so there's a momentum of thought and patterns and habits that have been formed 
in our thoughts, our words and actions. So to change that, it's not necessarily a a year-for-year relationship to make that change, but it does take a practice and a constant choice to make those changes and sit on your mat or contemplate what you need to contemplate in order to rewrite the story. It's a way of life, right? Yeah. The first thing for people who are just starting out, it's stop making your conversation about what everyone's done to you, about what how the <laughs> world me. is bad for you. Mm. Stop blaming anyone else and take it into yourself and go, okay, what's going on with me? Make all your thoughts and your words about you, how you're feeling, what's happening, because that's an acknowledgement. The irony is by acknowledging your truth, where you are in yourself, it leads you to the absolute truth, leads you to your true self. Mm-hmm. Take everything and just start working on you, being making it all about you. And so what would be your – possibly we've already covered this, but there's only – I know there's lots and lots that you could talk about yoga, but fundamentally there's a little bit, right? It's you focus on the breath, you let go, you practice that over and over again. Mm-hmm. What would be your – program for somebody like 10 minutes in the morning 10 minutes in the evening every day for 30 days journal it make notes read a particular book do a particular practice all of those things sound really good again it depends on the person (laughs) all it depends on is the person but generally first thing in the morning is really good before your mind is full of a lot more stuff Mm. And in the afternoon, evening, but again, not as a way of falling asleep. We're talking about meditation. I generally do my reflection in the morning. Mm. I find that useful, depending on what I'm working with, either before or after meditation. Yeah. So, if I, but it's the, the start to say reflection and mm. asking people to start thinking about why do I feel this and where mm. does this come? I, that's probably. I think for most people a little bit too much. Yeah. But the, as we said at the beginning, you can just focusing ask on the gen- breath. You can ask a general question. How do I feel? What's going on in my body today? Mm. It doesn't have to be too deep. If you're wanting to make a change in your life, just one thing will change the whole direction of how your life can turn out. Just one small thing that you can do differently for yourself. What would that be? What would that be? And perhaps... Bring that into your life right now because you know the answers that you are seeking already. It's simply just learning how to listen and to yourself. Following your intuition, yeah, as you said. Yeah. Fantastic. I'm going to ask you one more question, Kel, okay. actually. I could ask you a million more questions, but maybe that's for another time. What would be the one thing that you could bring into your life at the moment? Right now I'm working on being centred, more centred in myself, yeah. Yeah. Even you. Yeah. So for those who are just starting out, not to be be discouraged, fine, but that's something to reflect on, isn't it? It's a lifetime of journey and to me I always seek to remain humble and open to whatever I need to know because actually what we're talking about is there's no end to it until I'm not here anymore. You know what, I'll I'll finish, because you like telling jokes, I'll finish on a terrible story. Okay. 
uh, about this and I don't do it anymore. So uh, I've been married for quite a while. I say quite a while because I can't remember exactly how many years, <laughs> but, but a few. And my wife was learning English at the time when she got a visa to, uh, to stay in the country. She was given, I don't know, 500 hours of English and I would drive because I'm the man. So of course I drive. And after a while of going to this class, she asked her teacher, why does my husband shout out? What, what does decade mean? And her teacher said, 10 years. It means 10 years. And then she said, why does my husband shout 10 years all the time when we're driving? <laughs> and I, of course, I didn't shout 10 years, did I? I no. shouted dickhead yeah. all the time. So that was my, my little embarrassment to start maybe being a more calm driver. So now I shout 10 years why 10 years? <laughs> there you go. Anyway, Kel, on that, I was let down by your reaction to that joke. I'm going to learn another one or, or reflect on my uh, feeling of disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Kel, thank you again. I hope that went where you was uh, expecting it to go. And I look forward to our further practice on the yoga path of this podcast because it's very enjoyable. So thank you. And listeners, thank you. I hope you get some practice in. And I should say, if you have any questions, then I'm sure you can contact Kel and and you can follow her path and start a conversation with her. Is that right, Kel? You have to say yes now. Thanks, Paul. (laughs) No worries. Bye.